All right, here we are for another edition of Designated for Assignment. And uh, the Blue Jays season is mercifully, I will say, over. Uh, They are swept in a very just dreadful fashion out of the playoffs by the Minnesota Twins. And uh, before I kind of dive into the nitty-gritty here and some of the painstaking head scratching, eyebrow raising, frustrating stuff that happened over the course of two games. I, I did pick the Blue Jays to win this series in three games. And uh, I'll just preface by saying I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. Uh, I should have, you know, probably taken what happened over 162 games and put that into the equation when trying to predict this postseason series. And uh, the way it went was really a perfect encapsulation of how the entire season went. Expecting a suddenly different team to just emerge out of nowhere after 162 games that went to the contrary with a lot of evidence that they were who they were was a foolish thought. And uh, I stupidly, I guess, bought into that and it didn't happen. They scored one run in two games, all the issues that plagued them throughout the season were issues in the two games and they're going home and they have a lot to answer for from what was a really bad season, a failure of a season. I don't really give a shit that they made the playoffs. They limped in, they made it on the second to last day of the season. They didn't even take care of their own business considering the expectations where they are in their window to win, or if there even is a window to win, maybe there, there never was with, how some of these guys have played in the biggest moments of the season. Uh, This is a a failure on every level. And uh, I'm not real sure where they go. We'll try and make sense of it here, but uh, they're done. And uh, it's going to be a weird and it's just going to be a strange off season. I I honestly have no idea uh, what to expect, but you look at the offensive stuff and, they scored one run. They didn't hit a home run. They had one extra base hit. They left 17 on base. They out hit the twins in both games and lost in game one. Royce Lewis hits two home runs. As I said before the series in the preview, you have to hit home runs in the playoffs and the blue Jays just don't do it. They finished the season 18th as a team in homers and they just didn't hit any Matt Chapman almost hit one, but almost doesn't matter. Uh, they didn't come up when they needed to with a big swing. Look at the D-backs. They were down early in both games in Milwaukee against a favored team. And home runs totally changed the complexion of that entire series and swung both games, and they're moving on. You have to hit home runs in the playoffs. I understand it's hard to hit home runs, but if you don't, you can't expect to string together four singles and going the other way, poking it the other way. You have to find ways to take pressure off of your entire lineup with the occasional two or three run homer when you have these situations. And the Blue Jays in the first five innings of game two had multiple runners on base three times. Matt Chapman grounds into a double play with the bases loaded. So many frustrating things happened and you just can't win when you can't score. I know it's obvious to say, but they struggled all season long and the pitching staff only allowed five runs in two games. Most teams, if you look at a best of three, a best of five, a best of seven, and you're allowing two and a half runs a game, you're liking your chances to take care of business pretty quickly. And if you had told me before the series that the Jays would have only allowed 
five runs in two games. I would have thought, ah, well, there's, I guess there's a chance with their offense being how futile and um, underwhelming as it was during the regular season that they could get swept. But I would, I would have said, oh, well, this series is at least going to a third game. And no, it, it, it didn't because uh, they just couldn't deliver in those moments. And uh, like, there's not much more you can say about it. Like we can talk about some of the decision-making and, and whatnot, but at the end of the day, the real crux of the issue all season was an inability to come up with those big swings and big moments. And that was the issue in the postseason. And uh, we probably should have seen that coming and looked at it as a real roadblock to any sort of success um, in, in the playoffs. And, Lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. But uh, let's talk about the uh, the John Schneider, Jose Barrios, Yusei Kikuchi situation. And uh, I understand teams have plans going into the playoffs, going into big games about how they want to approach things. And that's fine. I have no issue having a contingency or having an idea of how you want to approach a situation. But you can't be locked into that no matter what. And the answer after the game about pulling Barrios after three innings and six strikeouts, arguably his best stuff of the season about how you wanted to utilize your whole roster because of how the twins are built. That just doesn't hold up for me. You're so you're just using your roster to use your roster. Like you have to have a better read on the situation at hand. And Brios was really good. I understand he walked Royce Lewis, but he deserved an opportunity to continue in that game. And it's all made moot by the fact that the offense didn't score. But still, you want to put yourself in the best possible position to keep the game scoreless, to give the offense a chance to tr- maybe scratch out a run. And with the way that this team struggles to score, a two-run deficit has got to be the most deflating feeling in the world. They're probably thinking, oh, geez, we're in big trouble here with the way that things are going. And I know that's a loser mentality to have, but it's hard not to to imagine that that doesn't creep into the minds of the hitters when the proof is in the pudding with how much they struggle, generally speaking, to score. So I just thought it was just way too um, rehearsed of a decision. There was just no intuition whatsoever and John Schneider after the game basically said oh yeah it's a whole decision and there's lots that goes into it and I sort of reading between the lines is he not at the end of the day able to make a decision that goes against what was maybe preordained in that situation if you're not making your own gut call and going against what the the bigger picture, the grand scheme in terms of maybe what the organization's philosophy is in a situation like that. Why do you, like, are you even a manager? Or are you just sort of filling in what you're told? Like, I, I just don't get how that is a situation that can happen where, you know, he was saying afterwards, oh, it was hard to take him out. He was dominant, electric, all the adjectives you want to use were deserved to describe Jose Brios. And then you're still taking him out because, oh, well, got to utilize that roster, got to utilize, play the matchups and this and that. And putting Yusei Kikuchi into that situation was so unfair. Guy hadn't made a relief appearance all season long. It's no secret that he is very structured in terms of how he approaches his preparation for his outings. And to put him in a situation like that, I just think is setting a guy up 
for failure to make your first relief appearance of the season in an elimination game um, where you need to essentially be perfect because you know that the offense is having issues. I just think that it couldn't have been worse. Um, Like I tweeted in the moment, it was one of the worst managerial decisions of all time. I like heat of the moment. Sometimes you say stuff that probably isn't true in terms of blue Jays history. I'd have to like really dig into it, but it's got to be right up there if it's not number one. I understand a lot of people would say that uh, the Gosman Mesa stuff from last year, that was bad too. And that makes John Schneider's two for two in making the wrong decision in the most important game of the season when you needed to win with your season on the line. And I just don't know. And and then the quotes afterwards, you know, Whit Merrifield saying he hated it. Vladdy saying the whole team was surprised by it. Even Barrios said he wasn't really sure what was going on. And Schneider basically said, oh, yeah, everyone was in agreement. It just there's a disconnect somewhere. And I honestly wonder, how do you look that team in the face and basically just with the knowledge of, oh yeah, the decision was a big culprit, not, not the biggest culprit again, the offense was, but how do the guys really look at it and say, how are you making that decision in that situation? What does that say about you as a manager or your, your baseball instincts? I just think it's a very difficult thing to get past. And I don't know if he's going to be back next year. I think it's a, a real fair question. And the Blue Jays gave Jose Brios a seven-year contract extension. They gave him $131 million. I understand last year it didn't go great. It went terribly, but he bounced back this year. And you don't give a guy that level of investment to pull him after three innings and whatever it was about you know, in the 40 to 50 pitch range. I I understand you manage the postseason differently than the regular season, but that was just you were just getting to me too cute in that situation there has to just be a better feel for things than than that was and and not just adhering to a pre-decided plan of attack and like you i i've said this for as long as i've been writing about talking about baseball in the regular season the manager's role I think you can, depending on how the roster is constructed, you can quibble with how important or how not important a manager is. I think that there's pros and cons both ways to each argument. But in the playoffs, the importance definitely takes on a heightened uh, sense. And you have to make the right decisions. I've, I've said this. You, like There has to be some feel, a gut, instinct. And if that was the instinct in that situation by the manager your instincts are not good. And if your instincts are not good in October, you're dead. You're, you're drawing dead and you have no chance. And uh, it's just another layer in the onion. That was the season where they just never really pushed the right buttons and just nothing ever really came into focus. Nothing ever really fit the right way. Nothing went remotely how it was thought it just was another uh, in what is going to be a long list of things that I think we're going to look back on when we talk about 2023 um, with a sense of regret. So as bad as that was, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting picked off at second base, I think it was in the top of the fifth inning with Bo Bichette up, second and third in a 2 nothing game. 
about as inexcusable as it gets. Um, just so bad. I understand it's loud in there, but I don't. I just don't know why you're more than like two feet off the bag, if that. Where are you going? There's a runner in front of you. You're not going anywhere in that situation. Base hit. Okay, you get a good read. Maybe you can score, but you just can't allow Bo Bichette to not have the opportunity to finish that at bat. Let him determine, him and Sonny Gray, whoever gets the best of that battle, determine what happens in that inning. And it just was, uh, like I said, with the offense, was an issue all season long. The Blue Jays did stupid shit on the bases all year long. All year. There were so many dumb decisions. Poor reads on ground balls, getting uh, thrown out at third base on balls that you shouldn't be getting thrown out at third base to kill rallies. Uh, Trying to take second on balls in the gap and getting thrown out a lot. Um, Some stolen base decisions, trying to steal third in weird situations and getting thrown out. Some head-scratching moments uh, by the third base coach, which apparently it sounds like Luis Rivera is moving on, so I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who are retiring. There's probably going to be some people who are excited about that, not having to wonder, just playing, rolling the dice when it comes to uh, decisions to hold or, or, or send a runner around third base. But there was all this talk about doing the little things right and being more fu- fundamentally sound. And I, I, it's hard to think of a team that was less fundamentally sound. It's It never got better. It's just all season long. They were so sloppy and you're not going to win in October if you're just shooting yourself in the foot in big moments. And that's exactly what happened there. And Vladdy was clearly emotional about it afterwards. And I have no problem with showing that level of emotion in that situation. It was really tough loss. Barrios looked to be emotional after the game as well. And that's, that's good to see. You want guys to to feel something after a disappointing end to the season, but like that just is baseball IQ in terms of not what you're supposed to do. Like you have a lack, you have an IQ of zero in in that situation. It's one one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen on a baseball field situationally. It's just beyond belief that it happened. And beyond that, Vladdy is hitting 136, I believe, in his postseason career. His first extra base hit came in this series. He only had one hit. It was a double that was stranded, I think, in the eighth inning of... Game one, eight pitches later, it it didn't go anywhere. That's just not good enough, man. It's just not. And your stars need to be your stars in the playoffs. The Jays stars were not the Jays stars really all season. Bo Bichette was for a good stretch of the year. Uh, Then he got hurt and it just, he wasn't the same. He had four hits in this series. They were all singles. Kind of a perfect diagnosis of the issues you're not going to win i i can say this until i'm blue in the face stringing singles together and the jays sequencing was terrible all season and it was terrible in in this series it was terrible in game two uh coming up with hits with nobody on base or a single going station to station and then with runners on base not coming through we saw that happen so many times um throughout the course of the regular season and and nothing ultimately really changed uh, Dalton Varsho striking out the way that he did on a fastball up and away. I know it's Duran. It was 102. That's a hard pitch for the best hitters in the league to hit, but the book was out on him this year. He couldn't hit consistently elevated fastballs and it was a really bad year for him def- uh, offensively in terms of defensively. It was great. And I would expect as of now, 
there's a greater than 50% chance that he's the everyday center fielder next year. Maybe they bring Kiermaier back. Maybe not. I'd say more likely not than yes. But if he can't improve at the plate, it's tough. And it's especially tough with the D-backs winning and Moreno hitting a home run. And like, I, I don't think that the book is closed quite yet on that trade. It's only one year and Varsho has, I think, three more years at least of, of team control. But it's hard not to look at it right now as you're down real bad. You're hoping for a miracle on on the river here with the cards coming to try and change the fortune of the hand that's been dealt so far. So uh, I thought maybe he'd find something in the playoffs. He, he did not. The team did not. And uh, they're going home. George Springer as well. Like I, I was hoping for it. And one of the big reasons they signed him to the contract they signed him to was to deliver in these big playoff moments. He has um, one of the, highest home run totals among all hitters in the history of baseball in the playoffs. Um, But he just hasn't, it hasn't been there. He has 19 home runs in the playoffs. He has zero as a member of the blue Jays. So only four games. He's got four hits and 16 at bats, no extra base hits. OPS is not there. He had a bad year. There's no getting around it. He had a bad year and yeah, the counting stats were decent. He had the first 2020 season of his career, but he also had the lowest OPS of his career and the lowest, it was in, in five years and he stayed healthy. He played 154 games, second highest of his career. But are you counting on that health? That's the thing about this Blue Jays team. They were mostly healthy all year outside of some some stints here or there. They largely stayed healthy. The rotation had four guys make at least 30 starts, had a sub four ERA. Springer playing 154 games. Kiermaier stayed healthy. Yeah, Belton, Bichette, and Chapman missed some time, but nothing super major or long extended absences. Is that really going to happen again next year? And George Springer's 34 years old. There's three years left on that deal. I, I'm not going to go back and, and say that, oh, there was a mistake signing him. I, I think they made the right decision. It just hasn't panned out when he's been good. He hasn't been healthy when he's been healthy. He hasn't been good and he hasn't performed in in the playoffs. And that's what you signed him for. And there's some, some, some boogeyman aspects to this. Now you're Owen six with this kind of core for the most part in the playoffs dating back to 2016, they've lost seven of 10. I think it might be 10 of 11 or nine of 10 as a franchise. It's bad. I think they scored 13 runs or maybe 15 runs in those six games. They're hitting under 200 in those six games. They've struck out a bunch of times. They just are not performing in the playoffs. And I I don't really know how to put it into perspective, but they're just not close. And you'd think at this point in time, and you could say, oh yeah, it's a randomness of a short series. And I guess, but the, larger body of work is is pretty strong here that we shouldn't be shocked that they continue running into the same problems year after year um in October and you th- would have thought that they would have would be further along than they are right now and this was a, a a definitive step back this season they barely made the playoffs I think they finished, what, 11 games back or whatever it was of the Orioles who have already passed them. Uh, The Rays continue to have more success. Like the Yankees and Red Sox aren't going to, you would think, be mediocre or worse teams for very long moving forward. They're 
ownership groups and fan bases don't tolerate that. So to, I guess, waste an opportunity where the cons- the usual suspects in the division weren't good is not great. And like, there's only two years left with uh, Guerrero and Bichette under team control. That's not a lot of time. And the window, such as it was, is not that open anymore. And they've done nothing to climb through it. And you have to wonder if something major is going to happen this offseason. They need to make serious changes. Um, Belt, Chapman, Kiermaier, Merrifield, Hicks, Ryu are all free agents. How many of those guys are coming back? Brandon Belt's a decent candidate to retire. Either way, I don't think he's back. Matt Chapman, I understand he's a great defender, had a terrible season outside of one good month. And uh, I just think that if somebody else is prepared to pay him, I, I know you don't have a a great situation waiting in the wings at third base. I just am not going to lock myself into a player on the wrong side of 30 with a serious injury in his past and some declining offensive skills. I'm just not going to do that. Kiermaier, I could see it. Um, he would be really one that that I would look at. Merrifield was great in the first half, was terrible in the second half. Uh, I don't see that one coming back. And that's the type of quote you give talking about that decision. I appreciate the candor, but I, that's the type of quote you maybe give when you have a foot out the door and you know that that's probably it for you with the uh, the organization. Jordan Hicks was, was good. Um, he wasn't as dominant as you would like. I think some other team will look at him and as a closer and probably give him, I don't know, at least 10, 10 million a season. And I just don't think that that's something historically that the Blue Jays have done. And I don't think it's necessarily the wrong decision. I think you can find a slightly worse reliever for less money. Chad Green could slide into that role next year. He's got a club option that they, I would say, are very much expected to pick up. And he was good for the most part. He was good in game one. Um, as well. And the thing with the changes, it's like Ross Atkins got to hire Charlie Montoyo, which is understandable. It was a rebuild, rebuild for sure. They didn't completely bottom out, but they turned the franchise over after 2015 and 2016. So you get your manager and then you get another manager when you view that the team is ready to compete and take that leap. They hired Schneider. It hasn't worked out so far. You do not get a third manager. Under any circumstances, if John Schneider has gone to me, that means Ross Atkins needs to be gone as well. I, I don't think that he should have the opportunity after getting it wrong again to hire another manager. If I were a betting man, I would expect no changes are made in that sense. I like, I think the hitting coach, I think it's over for Guillermo Martinez. I just think you have to make a change. Um, you just can't roll it back with the way that things went this year, there has to be some level of accountability there. Obviously you're not going to trade all the players, maybe a different approach, a different strategy. This instead of the same message that's been kind of hammered home here over the past couple of years needs to get, get through. So I would be surprised if he's back, but like I said, I, I, if I were a betting man, I would say Schneider and Atkins are back, but I wouldn't be stunned if they make a change. James Click is here as whatever vice president of baseball strategy, whatever title he has. He has pedigree, won a World Series. I understand he's got some dork in him as well. There were some real 
I guess there was some real friction between him and Dusty Baker in Houston about analytics versus old school, but he has the track record of success. He led a team to a world series. He did a good job. Ross Atkins has won. I understand 2016. That wasn't really his team. He made some moves within, within 2016, but the core of that team was already in place with his stamp firmly on the team with some of the draft and developed players since he took over uh, after 2015, they haven't won a playoff game. And at some point, like there has to be success. He, I don't think he's done a bad job. There have certainly been some strong moves and there have also been some not so strong moves. That's the case for, for any executive or any coach or manager in any sport. But at some point you have to have success and you can't just continue getting the team close ish, but not getting them over the hump at some point you have to pay a price for that failure in the biggest moments. And uh, like James click is here and I, I can't sit here and say that he's not a better option right now than Ross Atkins. And uh, like obviously I don't think Mark Shapiro is going anywhere. Um, and is he really going to get rid of the guy that's been one of his lieutenants for a long time? Sometimes you have to get uncomfortable in difficult situations, and that would probably be very uncomfortable for him. But uh, I think there's a strong argument to be made that that's the right course of action with the way things have gone here um, over the last couple of years. And I just think that if you think Don Mattingly is the answer, if they make a change, no, absolutely not. I, I under you do need. I think you need more experience. Um, somebody who seemingly is not um, shy to go against a situation like we saw with the Barrios Kikuchi thing. And just somebody who has a, a more track record pedigree that in these big moments, maybe you feel better about the decision making and, and the feel. Uh, you, I think you just you need a veteran. Look what happened with the Rangers this year with Bruce Bochy. He did a good job. They have been bad for a while yeah they almost blew it a couple of times but they still got in and now they're they're moving on after they swept the raise I, I think that there can be value in that type of manager coming into a situation that probably requires a different voice or or a less delicate touch maybe not necessarily always getting along with the players sometimes you know really going after them and, and holding them more accountable. Perhaps there's something to be said for that. There, there's a lot at, at play this, this off season. It's going to be, it's one of the most uncertain off seasons in a while for the blue Jays. The last couple of years, it's been fun. They've been aggressive. They've had the green light to add more. They've been spending a lot of money in free agency, improving the team. But at some point, do you wonder if ownership says, well, you guys aren't getting it done. I'm not, we're not necessarily pulling back, but we're not going to continue to push the throttle down and allow spending to increase substantially. And then how are you improving the team? I, I The free agent market's not great. I think they need to add another starting pitcher. I don't think you can count realistically on Alec Manoa. Like if he, get, if he bounces back, great, but you can't go into next season with him locked into the rotation. I think there needs to be some you need to insulate yourself from the possibility of that just not 
rebounding or working out. And then like they need to add more impacts offensively. It's like they were great defensively. I think they were first in the league in defensive run save, but they were a mediocre offensive team. They were 14th in the league in run score. They were 18th in home runs, middling uh, in other categories. You need better. I understand that it comes down to, at times, your stars do need to be better, and that's obviously a big part of it, but other guys need to step up as well, and there just wasn't enough of that uh, consistently. So uh, that was a lot. Uh, I do have some tweets to get to. I, I put it out there. What was the most disappointing thing about the 2023 Blue Jays? A lot of people said like the entire season, which yes, but one thing uh guy says vlad obviously steve the most disappointing after eight years it was nice to play contending baseball and make the playoffs but i still expected more all regular season struggles um in the playoffs ready to see others in charge uh, richard the collective inability to put a spark into things when it's needed today and yesterday were like watching a balloon slowly deflate and too many games this season felt that way opposition went a run or two up and it felt like the game was already over yeah there were just there was no juice they, they just there wasn't a lot of life. It just seemed like, like you said, when that couple of runs scored off Kikuchi, it just felt like, like you said, it's a good analogy, the the air going out of the tires or the balloon. And they just couldn't, they couldn't fill it back up. And what, like I said, one run in two games, not good enough. Uh, Ryan failure to convert runners in scoring position into runs if players had figured out how to do that who knows how far we could have gone just look at our numbers versus the orioles we could have been better than them um manish atkins believing he didn't kill the offense and that winning one nothing two one three two games is a sustainable process through 162 games tony the entire lineup underperforming the lack of power and just boring brand of baseball this team played worst good team in the history of the franchise yeah, there's a lot to be said there. Uh, Roman, another year pointing to Vlad being good and nothing resembling great, let alone generational. And that is, if Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is just a an a, above average player, considering he doesn't give you much of anything in terms of defensive value, and you could say that about a lot of first basemen, then the Blue Jays are going to be hard-pressed to really be the team that everyone wants them to be. And there's more proof now that he is closer to this player than he is the player in 2021. And he's still young enough that obviously there you're, I don't think that the the story is written completely here on him, but there's, like I said, increasing evidence that this is more in line with the player that he might be than the player that he was in 2021. And like I said, the postseason numbers 100 uh, a 136 batting average one extra base hit no home runs sort of plays into that a little bit as well uh we got some more eli extreme mismanagement and poor optimization of talent skill set all around on top of the recurring lapses and work ethic focus no question george the inconsistency of the batting lee offense pure and simple uh here's a good one from dave the period between april and october yeah it was a disappointing season I, i'm not i, I wish they we're still playing because covering things being really in it for the entire season, then all of a sudden it's just, it's over and you're not watching games. You're not talking about it anymore. It's a weird feeling, but at the same time, it's somewhat uh, nice to not have to get frustrated about an inability to score runs and some of the decisions that are going on. So 
kind of a glass half full, glass half empty uh, perspective. Scott, the lack of plate discipline with runners in scoring position, they got beat a lot by pitchers being more prepared than they were. They made a lot of pitchers look really good. They certainly did. Sonny Gray was extremely hittable in game two. He threw a lot of mistakes. It, it just was jarring to me how many mistake pitches this team missed. Middle, middle, fastballs, hanging, breaking balls. Guys are late, fouling them back, popping them up, hitting them to center field, just shy of the warning track. They just didn't do enough on mistake pitches all year. And that certainly reared its head in the series, particularly in game two. And uh, you you have to take advantage of those, especially in the playoffs when, when runs are at a premium. And they just didn't. Stewart says the fact that the hitter seemed so unprepared, they made so many pitchers look like Cy Young candidates during the season. Allen, that there weren't really higher expectations in the outcome once the playoffs started, that this outcome was exactly what was expected based on the 162 sample. Yeah, it should it should have been. Like I said, I'm a stupid idiot for predicting anything other than them losing based on what happened. But you, you live and you learn uh, sometimes. Uh, Danilo says hitting was atrocious. I don't know how... Any other team, I don't know any other team that had a worse average when it came to runners in scoring position. There were worse teams statistically, just felt that way. And they were better the last two months, but they left 17 on in, in two games, which uh, it reared its head at the worst possible time. Uh, Edward pulling Brios after 47 pitches and Vladdy getting picked off at second, both in the most important games of the year, sickening. Uh, Johnny, disappointing offense, especially especially with how good our pitching was if our offense was even a bit better, we could have knocked the door on hundred wins. That's the, that's the thing. If this offense isn't better next year, the pitching, it's just, it's hard to expect the pitching to be as good based on how volatile pitching is on a year to year basis, especially in the bullpen. Are four guys going to make 30 starts to with a sub four ERA in the American league East odds are no, you're going to have to deal with, and the Jays don't didn't have much depth this year. We're rolling Trevor Richards out there. They had really no depth after the Manoa situation went down. And they need to prepare for the possibility, if not probability, that their depth is going to be tested way more next year. Um, And if the offense is not noticeably better and the pitching is somewhat or noticeably worse, then this is going to be a team realistically that's going to be hard-pressed to make the playoffs. So uh, they have to take that into consideration. Uh, Annie says analytics taking over the art of the game. And I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to baseball. I like stats. I like numbers, but you, that, that can only inform the decision so much. Sometimes there just, there has to be, you have to take that element out of it and manage with your eyes and your head more than the numbers and the collaborative process. Uh, Varcho Dexter, uh, probably the losing. Yes. Uh, Dion line of progression from the big bats. Uh, Marco, waste of great pitching all year. Yeah, there's a lot. Revamp team, same post, re- same postseason results. Like a lot about the hitting. Lily and the manager Schneider. If the decision to pull Brios does not get him fired, there is no hope. He never takes accountability. Um, Derek says taking away the home run jacket. There just wasn't. There wasn't a, a ton, ton of fun. It seemed like around this year. I know that. They wanted to be more serious and and whatnot, but maybe the home taking the home run jacket took away the power. The home run, they like, they were good the last couple of years with it, one of the better uh, power hitting teams in the league. And then all of a sudden, the home run jacket disappears, and the power disappears as well. So, 
uh, a lot to, to digest. Uh, I, I thank you for listening all season. I know it's been a, a wild ride. There's been a lot of highs and lows. Well, there's really been a lot of lows and not that many highs, but uh, I do appreciate it. It's a long season. It's a lot of work to uh, to get this up every week or sometimes twice a week as we did here um, down the stretch. And, and I do appreciate the kind words and, and the feedback and the interaction. I'm just trying to have fun for the most part on Twitter um, and with this podcast and, and, you know, trying to put my spin on things as much as I possibly can. And uh, for those who enjoy it, uh, I do really appreciate that and you. And uh, it's going to be an interesting off season, man. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. To me, nothing feels off limits. And that's the first time in a while you could say this about the Blue Jays. And I don't think that's wrong considering how disappointing this season was and how they just seem to have run into a roadblock in terms of improving in a meaningful way in the most important stretches of the season. Six six straight postseason losses with this group is hard to ignore. So we'll see what happens. Uh, As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jgoldberg12, at DFA underscore pod. I appreciate liking, rating, reviewing, commenting, subscribing, designated for assignment, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks for listening all season. I'm Josh Goldberg. We'll talk to you soon on designated for assignment. Mm-hmm.